0: Some people think like, I just need this one system and my business is going to skyrocket or I need this one system and I'll never struggle again. That's not the case. Tools are there to help you. People are there to help you, but you have to use the tools. And even if that tool is a skill, you have to use the tools you've been given. You have to practice the skills and put that stuff to use in order to create lasting change.
1: Welcome to Spark Joy podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest with your hosts and certified ConMari consultants Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi and now here's the show Alaya Williams is a business systems strategist and community cultivator. She's been called an organizer, project manager, online business manager, and more. Her goal is to take her clients from stuck, stalled, and struggling with overwhelm, and help them get to a place where they can run their businesses with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and confidence. Alaya started her professional life as a professional organizer, and this has informed her work as an organizer of business systems, and of course, makes her the perfect guest for our show. Welcome to Spot Joy, Alea. Welcome, Alea. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm excited to be here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're excited to have you. And I th- thought it was very interesting when researching for the show that you made the choice to become an entrepreneur kind of by accident. Typically, uh, from my experience, entrepreneurs are very calculated; they make strategic moves. Uh, but you kind of stumbled upon entrepreneurship. Can you tell us a little bit more about your personal journey? Absolutely. Yeah. I was um,
0: in college doing what college students do. Well, maybe not all college students. I was actually going to class and doing <laughs> doing my homework. <laughs> um, I was trying my best to be a good student. And I was already working. I had work experience under my belt. I, I worked through college. And I... Had gone through a series of jobs that I liked enough. You know, I liked my coworkers, the work was fine. They were all office jobs. Most of them at that point had been in the nonprofit sector in some way. Some very cool stuff. I worked with the Make a Wish Foundation for a while and various educational nonprofits. And I even worked at Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is one of the NASA labs. And so I had a lot of like fun companies and experiences under my belt. But I didn't necessarily feel fulfilled, and I didn't. And not that at you know 21, 22, you need to know exactly what you're doing, but I didn't necessarily feel like I could be at any of those companies forever or that any of those paths were paths I wanted to stay on. And so, simultaneously, what was happening was I was in a relationship, and my boyfriend was a very organized kind of guy, and he was very, very organized, anally. So, he he admits to that, you know, he would put his pencil in the exact same place at the end of the day and stack the papers just so, and make his bed a certain way. And it was, you know, it was a little intense for me. And, um, you know, I had all these things going on in my life, just mentally thinking through like what's next in life after college, what am I going to do for a job? You know, is this relationship working? You know, we were very good friends, but we shouldn't have (laughs) been dating, which is what happens to a lot of people. And so I just found that I had all this mental clutter and all of these things were just spinning around in my head. And what ultimately happened is that it started to manifest itself as physical clutter, which is something I hadn't really experienced before. And so I felt very stressed and, you know, pressed for time. I was working practically full time and, and still in school and so I don't, I don't know if I was watching HGTV someday or how I <laughs> figured out what a professional organizer was, but I actually went on a search to find a professional organizer to help me. And the process was very interesting. Um, I had a hard time connecting with some of the people and like on a personality level and their rates were way more <laughs> than I could afford as like a struggling college student who was trying to emerge into the professional world. And I developed this real sense of empathy for people who were chronically disorganized, like people who were really struggling for a long time. And I started to see how hard it could be to get help. And I started to think back on experiences that I had Growing up, Um, I loved playing library and organizing my books and forcing my mother to check them out. (laughs) I even had a date stamp that I would stamp my books in. I loved nesting boxes. And so I had this history of being organized, but I was just really starting to identify that there were these situational things in my life that were creating this clutter around me. So I got this motivation to get myself organized and sort of resolved to help other people do the same. And um, it's funny in the news, you know, somewhat recently there's been news about Craigslist, but I got my first client on Craigslist. It was a different world back then, but I threw a post <laughs> yeah. up on Craigslist and I, I always describe her as the perfect first client because she wasn't particularly easy to work with. So I got to deal with a challenging personality right off the bat, but she also needed a lot of help. She needed help um, preparing for a cross-country move. She needed artwork sold, her car sold. She had back taxes that needed to get paid. So I got to do a lot of different little things with this first client and first project. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this and I, and I can help people and I have an empathy for them because I understand what they're going through because I've been through it. And I put up another post and got another client and it just sort of snowballed from there. So, I mean, I hadn't found my path before and I definitely thought that I was going to stay in the nonprofit sector. So I had no plans to own a business. That was never my vision, but I tapped into something that I was good at and that I could approach from a perspective that I understand what you're going through. I've been there and I think a lot of clients could feel that energy. Like I was very gentle with them (laughs) and, you Mm -hmm. know, I could be assertive when I needed to be, but you know, I had that, that sympathy and that empathy for them. And I think that really helped me when i was launching i might have not been the best business person but i was a really good <laughs> a really good and sympathetic organizer and so that's really how it started and then you know the bug bit me at that point you know i liked working for myself and thought i can't imagine doing anything else
1: right well that's so great i mean i think that um that empathy is really such a key um characteristic of a really good organizer. Um, I just don't know how you can do this work without really being able to to come to an understanding or come from an understanding place. I think
2: clutter is really, I mean, everyone has it. Uh, And I think there's this misconception out there that because we are organizers or have an affinity for order, we've always been that way. And at no point in time in our life has there been physical clutter or emotional Mm -hmm. clutter or other Mm clutter, Uh, but really, we, we, we've been there too. And and we just found a way out um, and found enjoyment in the process to the point where we want to make it a business so that we can impact others and help organize the world, as Marie says.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that that was, what overwhelmed me as someone who was young. And I think probably the only person I had ever hired, you know, at that point in my life was maybe a therapist or something, you know? And so I didn't Mm -hmm. know what it was like to work with and hire a professional. And I think at that time, professional organizing was really starting to, People were trying to establish themselves. People didn't know what professional organizers were. And so I think a lot of the organizers were just trying to put on this overly professional, I am perfect and therefore I can help you kind of thing. But I'm like, look, I'm in college. I'm just, you know, trying to get my life together so I don't go down a wrong path. And so we just weren't connecting. And I think that that super professional, I'm perfect thing works for some people. And also the taskmaster style works for some people. But I think that just speaks to how there's someone out there for everyone, you know? Um, and I needed, you know, I, I, clients were attracted to me and I got along well with clients that were looking for a different approach. And there are definitely some clients that you need to, you know, need you to crack the whip. So mm-hmm. there's someone out there for everyone, but I'm very grateful that I had the experience and got that insight into what it was like for other people because it, it absolutely changed my life. I'm not sure. I have no idea what path I would be on now <laughs> if that hadn't happened.
1: Right. That certainly explains so beautifully how you came about wanting to work with business systems Mm -hmm. for clients. How did you identify that as something that was really needed, you know, in particular with the women's business community?
0: That was very organic. Uh, A lot of things in my business have been organic. I started my business in 2006, so not long after by the time I'm finally, you know, getting my bearings as a business owner, we're hit with the recession and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so people were starting to view organizing as a luxury and I get it. I totally understand it. Those of us who get the value know that in certain circumstances it's not a luxury. Like you really must get organized, but for people to take money out of their budget for something like that it just wasn't happening and things were starting to dry up and I still had some business. It was mostly, um, upper middle class, rich clients, which is fine, which is great. They have the money, mm-hmm. but the projects were more about making things look nice and, you know, trimming down closets full of brand new clothes that, you know, still had tags on them, which is fine and it's needed, but. It wasn't really why I got into to doing it. So it it kind of kept me afloat. Um, but I really missed helping people who were looking for more of that life change than just the aesthetic piece. And the aesthetic matters, but I really enjoyed helping those people that are like, I'm frustrated, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, and this stuff is weighing me down. I need to make a change. Like those that was what really kept me going and was what was driving me. And so I started to evaluate, like, what, you know, what am I going to do <laughs> um, about my business, you know? And um, I started looking at the people I knew and how I could help them, whether they were existing clients or not. And I had some clients that had businesses But I was also running a networking group at the same time. And so I realized that a lot of my world and a lot of the people I knew were suddenly entrepreneurs where that was not the case before. When I started my business, I didn't know anybody who was an entrepreneur. And now that was pretty much all, you know, everybody I was talking to. And so I thought, well, how do I help? my clients run their businesses and keep those going during a time like this. And, you know, I'd be in a client's house and we'd be (laughs) digging through piles of paper and they'd ask me things like, how are you growing your business using LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'd be talking to them about their invoices and they're still sending them out using Excel. And I'm like, why are you doing that? We have better tools for that. And this was, this was eight years ago now, (laughs) you know, so I still (laughs) tell clients eight years later, I'm like, why are you sending your invoices out in Excel? Um, But, you know, we would talk about these things while we were organizing papers or clearing out their garages. And I thought, okay, well, this is a different approach. How can I help my clients improve their bottom line, which therefore keeps me, <laughs> you know, getting more, more business and more referrals. And so I started to focus on helping them with the business stuff. And it really started out with, you know, invoicing, project management, and thinking about how their businesses run and and what needed to be organized for those businesses to run smoothly or smoother than they were currently running. And so really it was the recession and, and looking around at who I knew and who I was already working with or who was in my community that I had spent the last couple of years building. So it was a very organic move and I've, I've been very happy. I do love to organize a closet now and then for, for a change of <laughs> pace. But I think one of the most fun things about what I do is I get to be part of a ton of different industries. Um, whatever my clients are into, I'm learning about and getting to work in. So it's really fun for me. I'm, I'm getting to explore more career paths than, than I ever would have otherwise. Right. I,
1: th- I think that no matter what kind of a business you're in, whether you're selling a product or a service or, or building something or whatever it is you're, you're doing, for a lot of folks, they really don't realize the, how important the nuts and bolts and the uh, administration um, and systems part of any business is you know, will become how important it is to get those systems set up so that you don't have to spend any more time on those things that are necessary and you can focus on what your business actually does. So um I can definitely see how important that would be to help folks, especially if they are people who are not naturally inclined to that level of order, um, to have someone to have a partner to help them with those systems.
0: Yeah, people, you know, it the, the business side is not that different from the personal. We, you know, we may have a different focus, but it can be really helpful to get an outside opinion, um, you know, someone who's a little more detached. And I'm very invested in my clients' businesses, but at a certain level, it doesn't matter to me what they choose, right? It doesn't matter to me what path they take, and there's something to that because the client's they're really attached. It's like the same. It's the same thing when people are really attached to a dress in their closet that, you know, they have never worn or or doesn't fit. It's the same thing for the business. Like, oh, I I have this idea or I want to do this thing or I'm hanging on to this thing and I can't let it go. But I get to come in and be the person who's like, well, why? Why not? You know, what space is this taking up in your life? What energy is this taking up? How much is it? costing you in time money space to maintain this thing or keep paying for this service you're not using and what can we be doing differently so that you're either making more money or saving more money or however you want to look at it but i get to yeah, you know, i'm invested in helping them but i'm not so invested in bias that i just kind of say yes to whatever <laughs> whatever they want um because that's not what i'm here for i'm here to provide Solutions and and guidance and insights and and help them do things differently and better. So I, I think that outside perspective helps whether you're focused on you know the personal or professional. And we all know they they often mix. <laughs> you can't you can't keep them completely
1: separate. Yeah, there's that really important uh, professional detachment that I think is really critical when you're when you're working as a consultant with folks. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, speaking of that question, why uh, here on Spark Joy we often discuss how Kanmari permeates throughout all areas of our life, and that includes our professional lives and our careers. So, I'd love to continue this discussion around these big challenges that entrepreneurs and freelancers face. And what your systems or practical advice you could give to entrepreneurs who are simply just trying to set up a sustainable, healthy business or professional life, or even make a balance between their personal and their professional life.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the big things that I've been talking about a lot lately um, is the importance of planning and planning everything and planning every day and i and i don't mean it to be overwhelming or to make people feel like every waking moment of their day needs to be planned and go according to plan but what often happens with business owners and especially the smaller your your business is when your business is larger and you have you know a team of other full-time people working in your business it's much easier for people to have defined jobs or for you to be that CEO that's just the idea person and you know and the big boss but when you're not the CEO uh, and you're wearing a bunch of hats in addition to your CEO hat, there's a lot to juggle and there's a million things to do and our energy gets pulled in tons of different directions. And, and like, like I said before, you know, you can't completely detach your personal life. So you've got, Home stuff that you're thinking about, um, because you, you know, your your business and the income you make through your business is what's supporting your your home life. So you're thinking about home and everything that's going on there, and you're thinking about your team and your business and your clients, and you're juggling all these things. And if we don't take time to plan, we just walk through, you know, every day with kind of these blinders on or no peripheral vision. And I like to use marketing as an example. Everybody wants to market their business. Everyone wants their business to be visible. They want to be successful. But you could spend your entire day marketing and still not make any progress because there are a million things you could do and you might not be focused on the right ones. So it's important to have a plan, to have clear goals for what you want to accomplish. And you may not be a goal setting pro in the beginning, but you you refine the process. I've, been, I've always been interested in planning, but I started planning my day every day about seven years ago. I had kind of sidelined my business and I was working at a startup and I still had some existing clients. And so I was juggling full-time job, And clients, and my head was just a mess. And so every day I would sit at my desk and I would just plan out what I was going to do throughout the day at the job, on my breaks, at lunch, after work. And it was just a couple minutes I took out of my day every day to do that. And it's such a habit now. I do it every day. You know, even on Sunday, if I'm not working with anybody, I still write down, take a nap, (laughs) go to the grocery (laughs) store. Like it's such a habit that I just do it. And if I don't have my planner, I write it on a post it. But it's just a habit that grounds me and helps me think about how I want to approach each day. And that's not something that you need any kind of technical system for. You don't need to be trained in how to do it. It's just something that you start doing. And once you can think more clearly about how you want to approach your day and how you want to use your time then you can think about the more complex stuff. Like, what do I want to get off my plate? Or you look back at those to-do lists and plans you've made every day and gone, why have I been spending so much time on this thing? Or why is this thing on my to-do list every single day and it's Mm. never getting done? You start to get these insights into where you can apply some systems in your business or where you can delegate things to another person. And it starts to make things a lot more clear and you're able to... Operate at a higher level and focus more on the things that matter, the things that make you money, the things that you enjoy. But if you're just going from thing to thing and you're not thinking clearly, that's just not going to be possible. And with a new entrepreneur, it's even harder because there's such a learning curve for everything, (laughs) right? You know, now if I was starting a new business, I know, like, okay, here are the systems I need to get in place, here are the things I need to do, and it won't be perfect, but I have a much better idea now about how to launch a business than I did, you know, 12 years ago when I started my first one, so... I think planning is where it all starts, and that gives you a framework, um, something to come back to when you get off track, and it gives you insight and clarity into what your next steps need to be and what changes you need to make in your life and in your business.
1: So I, I absolutely agree that like the planning component of getting started with a new business is so important. And for a lot of folks, I think they're, they have a really hard time identifying those areas that are... Strong that they're strong in that are you know full assets um, in their characters or personalities or just in their work habits, and then identifying those things that they really need help in. Um, so when so when you have a new entrepreneur, when you're working with a new client who's starting a new business, how do you get them started? What do you suggest that a new entrepreneur start with? I, I notice that there's a lot of really great, really practical resources on your website that you that you direct people to. What do you think is really the first? thing for a new entrepreneur to do? I always
0: say (laughs) yesterday was better than today. Today is better than tomorrow. Really look at what I call the five essential systems that every small business needs. And those are a calendar or planning system of some sort, a contact management system, a financial system, project and task management, and some kind of system for marketing. And Mm -hmm. those are kind of the core that... Everything builds off of. And some of the systems may overlap. You may use the same system to accomplish multiple things, but it's about covering those five bases. Everything else builds off of there. Um, I saw something once where someone said a webinar platform was an essential system. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, not every business is going to mm-hmm. do webinars, it's not relevant for every business. But if you're doing marketing, and you're building an email list which i think is essential for pretty much every business. You know, your webinars feed into that. So it goes off of that marketing branch. Um so every other kind of complex and sexy system that people may think about more or get swayed by and distracted by in the beginning, those are those all tie back to the those five essential building blocks that you need. And um i i would say they're all essential, I think, but start with whichever one you feel is where you need the most help or support. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I've been asking clients for eight years, you know, why are you doing your invoices in Excel? So, you know, a financial (laughs) system may be good to start, you know, something like QuickBooks or FreshBooks and getting your books right from the beginning. Um, if you can nail down, the money piece of your business, you can rock so many other things. Um, the money piece is what trips up so many people. Uh, so get the money, right. Get that under control, have QuickBooks set up and taking care of your business on the back end, so that you can focus on other things. Unless you're a money and numbers person, then that's different. But those essentials, um, and I'll just repeat them again, calendar or planner of some sort. Um, contact management system, financial system, something for invoicing, billing expenses, projects and task management, and marketing. Cover those bases. That's a great place to start. And the biggest thing is that you just pick one. It doesn't really matter which one you pick, but getting started as a new entrepreneur is the big thing. So pick which one sounds most appealing or sounds like it would be most helpful and layer from there. But that's where I usually suggest that people start.
2: Well, Aleah, your podcast... We have to talk about that before um, we close today. Your podcast is called One Organized Business, and it started with the idea that many businesses falter because of a lack of a sound foundation. Your premiere episode actually discusses the myths of organization that trip business people up, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Can you share some common myths and how you help your clients overcome them?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, I think one of the big myths is that people are born organized and that's not necessarily the case. So, I think people that are struggling with disorganization can often feel a sense of overwhelm or defeat before they've even started because they feel like, "Oh, you know, they're, they're doing well because they're organized and they were just born that way. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm screwed cause I can't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not that way. And I think that's a big
2: myth. Right. Mm -hmm. I think people think it's hereditary or there's some kind of pathology there. But Mm -hmm. even Marie Kondo has literally written a thesis on tidying and studied it probably to the level of no one else on the planet. Um, And she said that it's not a genetic thing. We all Mm -hmm. have the power to make our own choices, to break the line, to do something different. Uh, So, yeah, I think people tell themselves that story and they get really stuck that way. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, some people,
0: some people are more athletically inclined than others. Yes, sure. some people may be more organized <laughs> than others, but it doesn't mean that you can't practice and build up a skill in a sport. It doesn't mean that you can't flex the muscle and, and you know, practice organizing, you know, a little bit at a time Mm -hmm. until you build a habit. It's just like what I was talking about with my planning. You know, I always liked planning, but I was very casual about it until that time when I was in that job and was juggling all these things. And I'm like, okay, something has to change. And it just took that tiny habit that took me five minutes every morning to totally change everything. And while I had that job um, and had my clients, I was able to take on a couple more clients launch uh, a women's business conference. Like I was able to do all that because I was planning and I was clear and I was focused about how I was using my time. And it it was a habit that I had to build. An organization is the same way. So that is a myth that um, people are born organized and you can't You know, learn to change your ways. It just takes practice. And the other big one that catches people up a lot is that there's just going to be one magic tool that fixes it all, or that they're going to have a professional organizer come through and that's going to solve all their problems. Um, And that's not the case. You know, if you work with an organizer, hopefully along the way, there are things you're learning that are helping you, again, change your habits and do things differently. Because if you have an organizer come through who helps and you don't change the way you've been doing, Doing things all along. You're just going to go back to the way that things were. I had a client, one of my early clients, she was a hoarder and she hired one of those companies that kind of boxes up all of your stuff. And so by the time, and she wasn't really involved in the process and it felt great because everything was out of the way. By the time she hired me, her apartment not only had the walls lined with the stuff in boxes that they boxed up, but the entire floor of her apartment, her one bedroom condo was covered. Like you couldn't see the floor underneath because she hadn't changed any habits. Someone just came through, moved the stuff out of the way and kind of cleaned up her apartment, but nothing changed for her. She wasn't part of the process. And Mm -hmm. so we took tiny steps in the beginning. It was just, you know, a two hour session once every two weeks until she started to feel better. And you know, felt great about getting rid of stuff. We would get rid of four or five garbage bags full of stuff every session. And then she started getting excited and going, okay, you know, can you come back later this week? Can you come back next week? You know, um, And she built that momentum and her habits started to change. And I would show up and she'd go, guess what? I didn't buy anything new this week. Guess what? I haven't brought anything new into the house. But it took that time. Um, So it wasn't just a one and done. That one and done situation didn't work. And it's the same thing with tools for, you know, your business. Some people think like, I just need this one system and my business is going to skyrocket. Or I need this one system and I'll never struggle again. That's not the case. Tools are there to help you. People are there to help you, but you have to use the tools. And even if that tool is a skill, you have to use the tools you've been given. You have to practice the skills and put that stuff to use in order to create lasting change. So you don't need to be born organized and there's no, you know, for better or worse, there's no one magic person or magic tool that's going to change everything but if you practice and and build the muscle of organizing or or using that great new system you got then you can start to make changes but it you know it it takes time and I, I mean i think it's a good thing that there's no magic tool because most of us don't know what that magic tool is so a lot of us would be out here just suffering right um but that's not the case there are many ways to achieve your goal and and achieve Success and it's all about you know habits and motivation and just getting it done.
2: Speaking of magic, uh, I think that is a another misconception about organizing um, and. Of course, the life-changing magic of tidying up uses that word in the title, um, but the magic is is more about the transformation. It's uh, not magic in the sense where when an organizer leaves or when you complete your tidying event, even if, even if you're exercising it independently, things are going to just magically fall into place and you don't have to change a single behavior or, or Plan ahead and designate any time to maintain the tidying. Um, So, yeah, I think that's something that is not expressed as as much as the actual act of the decluttering process. It is a process, but it's also a journey and an ongoing experience. Things definitely get easier down the line um, because you have less quantity and things that you honor and respect in your home and that spark joy, but in terms of things just floating into place after you uh, put your socks on, you have to put them back Mm -hmm. or put them in the hamper. (laughs) Um, They're not just going to magically find their way back to your drawer. So um, yeah, I love that you mentioned behavior change and how uh, that is really key to just not taking care of the cosmetic really digging in and confronting what the true issue is uh, when it comes to clutter. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I really believe that true change is, is an internal process that can be exhibited by the external, but it really is, you know, an inside job. It is really something that has to happen True change. I mean, as you described, that cosmetic change of, of having somebody come and box up all your stuff and carry it away is definitely maybe of great relief in the moment, but it's, there's nothing really sustaining about that. You know, it doesn't really carry through to any kind of a skill that somebody can apply then
2: to the rest of their lives. No, not at all. You're a, you're a minimalist, aren't you? I try to be. <laughs> yes, aspiring <laughs> minimalist. <laughs> yeah, we've often discussed minimalism here as really being a part of the Kanmari family and the philosophy itself really marries well with this whole idea of only keeping things around us that spark joy. Uh, how would you personally define minimalism and how's it impacted or showed up in your home or your life?
0: Yeah, I mean for me it's it's something that I'm constantly working on. Um, and I, I will say being a business owner adds a, to me, it feels like a level of complication because as much as you can keep things in the cloud, uh, there's, you always feel like there's some record or some document that you need to keep. Like in my personal life, there are very few things to <laughs> document wise that I need to keep other than my, for my own, like personal learning and, and, um, and interest but I'm always like oh I need to keep this business thing why um, so I'm always looking to simplify my life and it stems it stems from a few things one um, I started learning about the Quakers and the kind of Quaker philosophy when I was in college and they believe in simplicity and a bunch of other good things in my opinion mm-hmm. but I try to keep things in my life as simple as possible. And that's not just the physical things. It's the relationships too, you know? It's it's kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier. You know, we have this mental clutter and it starts to manifest as physical clutter. And the same thing happens with relationships when we have a lot of, I want to use the word drama, but I guess I'll just use it. <laughs> but when we have a lot of drama and chaos and all these other things spiraling around, it manifests itself in all kinds of ways. You know, we're either we're angry or... You know, we're overcompensating with who knows what, food, retail therapy, like whatever it is, and we're just being excessive in all these areas of our lives. So for me, it's not just about possessions. Um, it's about keeping my relationship simple and peaceful and harmonious as much as I can. But in my physical space, I mean, the reason I say I try to be a minimalist is there are some things that I just love, and I will not apologize for it. Um, <laughs> I am, I am a bibliophile. I love my books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love records. And so there are just things that I love and enjoy having around me. And my kind of dream is to have this media, like a room, just a library of of books and music that I can just sit in and, and hang out, you know, at some point in the future. But other than that, you know, I'm not a person who feels the need to shop a lot. I don't need 20 pairs of shoes, Um, you know, I have a few pairs of jeans that fit. Like, as long as I need, as long long as I have jeans that fit, I'm happy. (laughs) But, you know, I constantly purge clothes and every birthday I go through and purge clothes and donate and I try to do it more often than that, but it's just something I do to feel good, kind of like, kind of like a cleansing into the new Mm -hmm. year And yeah, I mean, I'm constantly trying to downsize and evaluate what's important and what I need to keep. And I I do things, I I think, I hope, in in a practical way where I don't necessarily go through everything at once, but I might go, okay, let's evaluate the jewelry collection. What am I, you know, what am I actually wearing? What actually makes me Mm -hmm. feel good? What's in good condition? Okay, now let's get rid of the rest. Same thing with clothing, you know, and so I'll go through things. You know, one thing at a time, and just simplify and and drill down to those things that either have a practical use for me, like with work, or that make me feel good um when I wear them, things that fit. And you know, I don't necessarily use the the term joy, um spark joy, but that's what it really is. You know, I, I mm-hmm. want to feel good when I'm wearing it. And that's my big thing now. <laughs> my big thing now is like purging my wardrobe. If I don't feel good wearing it, I have no business keeping it, which is a struggle for me because I am the queen of casual and I just want to be casual all the time. And I'm like, but you know what, when I go out like this, I don't feel good and I will default to whatever is comfortable and super easy. And so I've started, it's hard, but I've started purging those things that don't make me feel good when I have them on. And, you know, I I see the difference. Um, So it's just those little things, keeping my relationships, peaceful and harmonious when I can, purging things that that don't serve a purpose or, you know, repurposing them to someone who can get value out of them. Those are just things I try to do all the time. And I've downsized even the size of the places that I live in. Like, I don't need the excess space to clean and maintain and and dust. <laughs> so, you know, I just try to do that in in various areas of my lives never all at once but it's just a it's just a constant process and it it just helps me think more clearly
2: and and feel better about my life yes the blessing of living in under 900 square feet. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, it's so funny because in in the course of my life, I've lived in really big places and really small places. And I discovered that even in a really big place, I have a tendency to live in like one or two rooms anyway. Mm-hmm. So it seems to us that it was just such a waste. Oh, yeah, um, it, it absolutely is. And I think for me, the key is it's actually less about the size of the
0: space and more about the storage. Like, as long as I've got storage, <laughs> I can live in a small space. <laughs> uh, you know, if I have a place to actually put my things, you know, and that's a that's a common issue for a lot of people you know th- their issue isn't so much that they have too much stuff it's that they have nowhere to put it or their home like their storage solutions just make absolutely <laughs> no sense whatsoever but with the right storage you know you can properly store and take care of the things that matter to you so not only should you you know keep those things that spark joy but in order to keep them in good condition you need to be storing them, the right way. So, um, you know, a small place with good storage is all I need. I'm happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, you just had me thinking. I grew up also in large suburban home uh, with my mom, dad, and my brother. And I was thinking, how did they do it? You know, how's my mom doing? it? <laughs> how'd they keep such a tidy home? that I thought about it, two things. My dad's rule, nothing on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely nothing on the floor. That was a big rule with him. And then my mom, she eventually outsourced uh, and and had, you know, cleaning professionals uh, come in and And she still has that today, even now that they're in empty nesters, just because Mm -hmm. it was just so important for her to just choose to delegate that. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I've got to say, I used to
0: judge hardcore. I didn't understand it. Um, Being a business owner has changed it. I've only hired a house cleaner person, like maybe once or twice in my life. Mm -hmm. But I used to judge people who, not everybody, but like certain people who had housekeepers. I was like, what do you have this person for? Like you can just do this yourself. And as I grew in my business and grew as like a busy adult, I started to see like how do you have time for anything? You could spend all day cleaning your house, like that's what your house ke- <laughs> that's what your housekeeper does. So that could easily be your job. And you know, I'm I'm single and I don't have kids, and my days are full. And I'm just so amazed by people I know who are parents who are holding down, you know, businesses and family commitments and all of that. And I'm like, yes, please delegate. And I think just this, you know, as I've grown as an adult and a you know business professional, I'm just like, please, anything that doesn't bring you joy, um, that you can delegate, do it. You know, like my mother would never delegate cleaning to someone else. She's a germaphobe. I've inherited that from her, but she wants to know that it was cleaned her way. So, you know, she's, she would never, she's never had a housekeeper come in and she just cleans all the time. But if that's not your joy and you want to spend your time doing
1: something else, by all means, delegate that and, and move on. Yeah, the magic of delegation, especially when you start taking into consideration the, the, the cost of the time um, and what you're, what you're not able to do because you're cleaning the apartment. So completely mm-hmm. on board with that.
2: Well, we talked a little bit about tidying, so we can't let you go without asking you your favorite tidying tip.
0: You know, my favorite tidying tip is just, it's something that I tell clients all the time and I try to remember myself when I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's just start where you are and start with something small. Um, Clean off your desk so that you feel good and you have room to, to move around and comfortably do what you need to do. And I sometimes think, and I think about working from the space you are and, and spreading out from there. So if you spend most of your time at your desk, Again, like just tidy up your desktop at the end of the day. Make sure the, the floor around you is clear. You know. Now I'm thinking about your dad's rule about no things on the floor. I'm like, oh, It was man. a serious rule. It I gotta I gotta I gotta do that, you know? Um, but no, that's like a great rule. I have not heard that before, but I'm I'm seeing how impactful that can be. And
2: it works well when you have a puppy like mine (laughs) who loves to get into things too. Yes, (laughs) I can imagine so. But,
0: you know, just starting where you are and moving out. I think a lot of times we don't know where to start when there's so much to do. So it's just like make the space around you feel good. Just do a little thing. And it definitely sparks that momentum and makes you want to do more. So start small and, and start where you are now.
1: Oh, I really love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. We ask all of our guests, what sparks the most joy for you in your life at this time? Wow. You know, it's a good question.
0: And I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I think the good thing is there's just a lot of good things going on right now. And um, I give credit to what we were talking about before, just simplifying things and keeping things as peaceful and harmonious in my life as possible. So I feel like, you know, I get a lot of joy from being able to take time out of my day to walk a mile to the post office to check my mail and back, you know, my, my days used to be so overfilled that, you know, I, there's no way I could have done that in the middle of the day. And and now I, I have that breathing room, you know, so just going outside and exercising and taking that time out during the day. And, I have some really great clients right now. So I, I mean, I always have, but just now we just connect on such a different level that, you know, I'm on the phone with my clients and we're laughing and it feels more like Mm. we're sharing stories than, you know, than we are working. And so just have really joyful work relationships and, you know, this peace in my day to be able to go out and take a walk and check the mail or go out to lunch if I want to. And so I'm getting a lot of joy from a lot of, of of areas in life
2: and I'm really happy about that. And do you have any additional parting words of wisdom? Hmm.
0: I think the big thing is don't beat yourself up and start where you are right now. As I said before, Yesterday was better than today, but today is better than tomorrow. So, you know, if you're listening to this episode or, you know, you're sparked by another episode of this show or, or whatever else it is, um, what what's one tiny change you can make? What's one little step you can take right now? Um, taking that step is going to get you further than sitting around and thinking about it some more. So just do one tiny thing to move yourself forward. Purge one thing, clear off your desktop, clean out your purse, <laughs> delete some apps. Like, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just about creating that space and getting rid of the stuff you don't need. And and it just creates a, a free flow of energy for stuff that's a better fit or that you'll enjoy more. Um so that's what I'd
2: say. Start where you are and, and start small. Love that. Action breeds motivation. All those little <laughs> steps just add right up and keep you moving forward. Love it.
1: Super good. Thank you so much, Haleah, for joining us today. It was really great to have you on our show. Thank you again for inviting me. Um, very happy
0: to be here. I, I love your show and, and I... It's such a great topic. It's the first organi- organizing type show I've been a guest on, so it's uh, it's been fun to chat with with some people who get me.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: great. yeah, you're, you're a monk friend. <laughs> you definitely are, and
2: your way of of organizing businesses is right in alignment with Kumari method. So we loved kind of uh, pulling it all together here today.
1: So, you can learn more about Alea on her website at aleawilliams.com. And that's Alea is spelled A L A I A, Williams.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram at the handle One Organized Business. And she's on Twitter at Alea Williams. Her podcast is One Organized Business. And you can find it on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Alaya also has a conference, um, workshops, and um, a business community that's called At The Helm, and you can find more information about that on her website.
2: Just for our SparkJoy listeners, Alaya is generously offering a free guide called How to Organize Your Home Office for Maximum Productivity. That guide will be linked in our episode's show notes. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kamari has impacted your life.
1: You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show.
2: While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs.
1: You can also join the Spark Joy Podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoy Podcast.
2: Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark
1: Joy with your host Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari consultant community.